If you're a health entrepreneur, coach, or practitioner that wants to turn your expertise into a high six or seven figure virtual business with less stress, so you can impact more people at a deeper level while making more money and enjoying a greater quality of life in the process, then the Health Printer Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Uriel Kame. I'm a former pro athlete, leading health expert, New York Times bestselling author, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where I help experts just like you create and fill high-end virtual coaching programs that create dream come true results for your clients. Now, for a free and in-depth training on how to do just that without manual prospecting, one-on-one coaching, or having to spend years building your online following, head on over to healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training and jump on to our seven-figure health business blueprint training today. And now, let's get to today's episode. My guest today needs no introduction. You've probably seen him pretty much everywhere. His name is Lewis Howes. And I'm digging back into the archives again from a great interview we had about two years ago. And this interview talked about or speaks to greatness, how to become great. And he's going to walk you through his, I believe it's a six-step process that he's used and he's talked about in his, in his podcast, in his book, The School of Greatness. And if you know Lewis, like he's just such a caring, real human being. If you don't know who Lewis is, um, just go to lewishowes.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-H-O-W-E-S.com. And he's, you know, he's become one of the most prolific influencers, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. He's someone who's extremely well-connected. His podcast, The School of Greatness, is awesome. I've been very fortunate to have been on the show twice. Uh, he's had some amazing guests on the show, like the real like, big movers and shakers in all sorts of aspects of business, health, relationships, all sorts of great stuff. And Lewis, like who... You know, who you see on the video, who you hear over the podcast is exactly who he is in real life. Like, he's one of the most authentic, genuine people you will ever meet. And I'm, I'm fortunate, to call, to, fortunate enough to, to know him and call him, as a, call him a friend and to be able to bring back this interview to, to you uh, who may not have heard this the first time is, is the least I can do to pay homage to the work that he's done, to the work that he continues to do, and for being such an impactful leader in really elevating people to the next level. So I'm really, really excited to have this interview brought into the Healthpreneur podcast. So without any further ado, let's bring Lewis onto the show. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it, brother. Absolutely, buddy. So I'm excited, man, because uh, you've done some amazing work online or obviously uh, kind of a pseudo celebrity, if you will. Oh, I appreciate it. Not because you live in, in L.A., but because of the, all the amazing impact you've you've had for hundreds of thousands of people around the world who want to start their own business, who want to kind of step into their greatness and who followed your podcast, the school of greatness and, uh, and, and your other work. So I just want to acknowledge you for all the amazing stuff you've done. And I'm excited Thank to you. To kind of dig deep with you here. Thank you. I thought you were going to say pseudo celebrity because of my Facebook ads are everywhere. Well, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about online, right? It's like, right, exactly. It's like you follow you, like you land on the website or wherever, and then it's like you're followed everywhere. Exactly. From retargeting, beautiful. So, you know, you've got to, obviously. I think a lot of people will obviously. Uh, I'm sure you know. We'll share your story um, really quickly. You started off. We actually start, kind of share a similar background. We started off as pro athletes, and then. Realize that there may be something greater, um, yes. and 
During that journey for you, like for me, I realized I just, I couldn't stand the fact that as a pro athlete, I was an employee pretty much. Mm. And I, and I realized that freedom was a really important value for me. Yeah. For you, what has been the big shift from, from playing pro football to being an entrepreneur? Uh, the big shift was the lifestyle uh, for me, you know, well, I would guess I'd say <clears throat> the shift was going from being a pro athlete to not having anything and realizing, hey, I want to have that lifestyle still where I get to, you know, essentially work out for a few hours and then have the rest of the day free to do the things that I want to do and have fun and not be confined to <clears throat> being an employee, <clears throat> excuse me, being an employee for eight to 10 hours a day somewhere and not be able to do the things I love to do. So in a lot of ways it, it, it created this like, okay, I want to continue to have this lifestyle where I can be free and have flexibility and just do the things that I love to do. Um, I didn't like the, the politics of it. And for me, the pay wasn't that great playing arena football. So I didn't like that, but I knew I wanted to have like kind of everything else where I felt like I was living my dream. I just wanted to have that feeling of living my dream. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, you know, you've, you've, kind of, you've openly disclosed that you were kind of broke at one point living on your sister's couch. Yep. And I want to I ask you, like, in your business, because, you know, a lot of times, especially on social media, we kind of portray what's working. Um, yeah. But what's, what's been a time in maybe the last couple of years where there's been, as, you start, as you've built your business and, and kind of your quote-unquote fame, what has been a time where you've actually faced – kind of an uncomfortable challenge or maybe a moment where you didn't think something was going to work out or you were kind of in a bit of a moment of despair. I'll be honest with you. I mean, this is probably is not the answer people want to hear, but in relationships, uh, in intimate relationships that didn't work out, I find that if I'm not able to be able to flow emotionally in, you know, in the relationships I'm in with, uh, you know, my girlfriends that I, uh, it affects everything else in my life and it affects my business, affects my vision, it affects my health. Uh, I start, I don't know, not taking care of the things I need to take care of. So learning how to still be in the flow in relationships that aren't working or that are, are dealing with some adversity themselves and not allowing it to consume the rest of my life. That has been a challenge actually in the last three and a half years as I've gone through two breakups now in the last three and a half years where I was deeply in love with the women and it just wasn't working. I wasn't able to really navigate through that experience that well in my own life and it kind of held me back from being clear and staying committed to my vision and taking action with focus um so that's something that i've continued to learn and grow uh, is, is you know being in relationship intimate relationships that aren't working and learning how to still make my life and my health work at the same time sure so you have a great new book out called The School of Greatness, and yes. you've got an entire chapter devoted to turning adversity into advantage. <laughs> exactly. So, so what, I mean, how did you take that adversity, if you want to call it adversity, or that those lessons from sure. those relationships and turn them into a positive for your, for your own growth or for your business growth? You know, when I look back at them, I look at all the lessons I learned, <clears throat> excuse me, about myself during those those months or, or however long the period is of the adversity of the challenges in those relationships. And I realized that like, okay, here's some things that 
I still need to learn. Here's, you know, I, I question myself. I'm like, okay, why did I get in that position? Why did it, it take that long to get out of that situation? Why did I do these certain things that didn't serve me? And so it's a great reminder and feedback for myself in those moments to see, okay, what's working, what's not working, and how can I ensure that I learn from this moving forward? I look at everything as a great lesson. You know, all the challenges you've had, I'm sure, um, the injuries, the things like that that you went through are probably great lessons for you and great opportunities to look and see at what you want to create next for your life. And that's the same for me with these relationships or with any adversity, injuries. They're great lessons. They're great ways to reflect, uh, to be more self-aware of, okay, what do I really want next? Um, what didn't work in this situation and how can I move forward? That's awesome. What's interesting is, so I have your book on my uh, my bookshelf, and right beside it was a book by Norman Vincent Peale called You Can If You Think You Can. Mm. And the whole book is about how problems are opportunities. Yeah. And it was just, it was so interesting that it just, that came to mind as we're talking about this, because I think a lot of people, they're looking to avoid problems. Um, yes. But in the book, he talks about how the more problems you have, the more alive you are. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I was having this conversation last night is that it's hard to be great at anything if your life is all easy. And if you grow up and you're just automatically smart, everything comes naturally to you. You're a pro at everything you touch within, you know, moments. You have no injuries. Your family is complete and whole, happy, healthy, consistently throughout your life. Like that's not an inspiring story mm -hmm. and no one great in any situation athletics business uh, leadership they all face some type of adversity and typically multiple extreme adversities both internal and external throughout their life and if you ask them you know would you take any of that back they would all say no because of the lessons i learned and who it's made me today to be able to handle adverse moments and, and serve the world and serve my mission in a powerful way. So for me, it's, it's you know, Ryan Holiday says, the obstacle is the way. That's mm -hmm. the title of his book. And it's really true. It's like we need to lean into these obstacles and this adversity and embrace it to make it our advantage, not hold us back from moving forward in what we want. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great gospel, my man. That's, that's <laughs> thanks, thanks. good words of advice. <laughs> um, with so with your business like so let's let's talk about the podcast for a second because you've interviewed hundreds of awesome entrepreneurs and, mm -hmm. and, and different influencers on the school of greatness podcast which by the way if you're listening to this and you haven't listened or subscribed to lewis's show you have to so school of greatness you can find it on itunes it's one of the top podcasts it's awesome what have you found to be a common trait or theme amongst a lot of the top performers or influencers that you've that you've interviewed on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I, I cover, you know, eight principles in the book, but maybe the top two that I see that all of them have is the first one is vision. And it may sound so simple and basic, but they have very clear, powerful, intentional visions for their life or for their career or for the next year, whatever they're doing, whatever they've done. That's great. They had a very clear vision about it. You know, when I think about, uh, a Super Bowl competitor or someone in the, the World Cup in soccer, they didn't just happen to show up in the World Cup or the Super Bowl. It was probably a dream they had when they were five years old as a kid playing soccer or football in the backyard, watching the Super Bowl the Olymp or, or the World Cup, and they said to themselves, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And so for the next two decades, 
they took massive action and went through extreme adversity to give themselves the chance. And that chance only comes for, you know, a handful of people, but that's those people that got there. That's what they were doing. They didn't just say, Oh, I, you know, everything was easy. And I just, uh, you know, happened to show up in the Super Bowl today. Uh, and I never dreamt of it and I never had a vision, you know, all great leaders. We create a business from a vision. We don't just say, oh, this is happening, so let me just create it as I go. It's like we have a vision. There's usually something we want to do that's fun for us or exciting or there's a problem we want to solve. And so we have this vision of what we want to create. And then it takes time and energy to build this momentum and overcome the obstacles to make it come to life. And that's what all the great minds I've interviewed have is a very clear, powerful vision. And I would say the second thing uh, which is the final principle that I talk about in the book that a lot of people have is this mentality and this, they want to live a life of service. Now that may be inspiring people through living their dreams. That may be giving of their time, of their money. That may be trying to solve problems for, to serve people in a bigger way, whatever it may be. They're constantly coming from how can I serve people and how can I, give to other people that may be um, in a big way or, or just with the people that are around them, but they come from that place. And I think I, I read a book one time. I think it was called The Richest Man in Babylon. I may be wrong. I have that in my knapsack right now. That's so Do true. you? <laughs> I, wa- I wonder, tell me if this is the right story. It's either this one or The Greatest Salesman in the World is the other book I'm thinking of. Um, but in one of these books, the, the richest person, the person who accumulates the most wealth, he shares his secret to how he got it yeah. and how he keeps it and how he grows it. And the secret is that he gives half of it away like every month or something along those lines. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was about like 10% or like the total okay. tithing principle. But yeah, like yes, you're, on, yes. you're on the path. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was like 50%, but maybe it was only 10%. But essentially, he's like constantly looking for ways to give away his money, his time, his talent um, to the world. And he's not just hoarding his gifts. So the way I look at that, that metaphor is that really whatever gifts we have, it's our duty to give it away and serve people with those gifts to maximize our gifts and then serve the world around us however we choose to do it. And that's why, you know, the richest people are that rich in a lot of ways. Um, And the people that aren't rich but are rich in greatness become that way as well. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Create a vision. Be of service to others. You know, chapters one and eight in the School of Greatness book. Awesome. So I want to shift gears a little bit to a little bit more of the marketing side of things with respect to yeah. what you've done online. So what? So you have recently like 8 million downloads in your podcast, which is amazing. Almost 9 million by the time this comes out. Probably even more. Who knows? Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how have you been able to take listeners from your podcast to email subscribers, and then to customers. What is that flow? What is that funnel? What's kind of like the one, you know, f- simple funnel that you've used to, to get that all done? You know, it's interesting because when I go online now and I ask people, you know, where did you first hear about me? A lot of people say the podcast and it just blows my mind how powerful this is. And I know with your podcast, you probably get the same thing. You have so many people that are listening, but it's uh, it's hard to really tell where they go to next. You know, I send them all to right now. I've been sending them all to a link to opt in about my book. Uh, but before that, I would send them to the show notes for each show, and there would be opt in forms there to get extra bonuses from that show uh, downloads. And so I, I'm testing a lot of things. I'm testing 
sending them to a um, you know text a message uh, or text a number so you can get opted in that way, and that's worked really well. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a constant evolution of of testing, and but typically I send them back to the show notes where they opt in there, and then they just learn more about me and what I'm doing. And um, I'll just announce things like I'll announce the School of Greatness Academy or something I'm launching on the podcast. And then people will go direct to that site and opt in and, and sign up for my programs. But it's been really powerful as a brand builder, as a connection point. You know, when I'm in New York City, it's crazy. Every time I go to New York City, at least a couple people come up to me and say, hey, I'm listening to your podcast right now. I love it. And it just blows my mind that this medium can affect people and connect with people that well um, all around the world. And I wish I had better advice in converting. uh, But for me, it's like I tell people to share it on social media. I tell them to follow me everywhere. And so I never know exactly which point of contact they come into onto social media or which email list they come onto for converting it into sales. But when I ask the question, so many people say they found me first on my podcast um, once they bought my course. So that's, that's powerful. And it's a very intimate experience. And like, yes. for me, I, I typically, I'll walk my kids to school and then I'll take my dogs for a walk. And that's when I'm listening to my podcast. So it's a very, it's a very in the moment experience. You're yeah. not doing other things. You're not distracted. And I think there's a lot of value to that. Exactly. That's great. So we also talked to really just kind of like skim the surface of, of Facebook ads, Facebook ads earlier. I know you've done within the last, you know, uh, quite some time, have really focused a lot more there with, you know, various yeah. webinars that you've, you've done and stuff. So what is, what's, what's working well for you on Facebook ads? Man, what's really working well. I started really diving into Facebook ads on a consistent basis, uh, in about January of 2015. So earlier this year mm-hmm. and what's really working well for me right now, we spend close to a thousand dollars a day, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And we're sending people right to automated, Webinars, free webinars. We run four a day with different times for people to opt in whenever they're whenever they're free, and we've been doing that for whatever eight eight months now or something, and it's working really well. The key is you've got to stay on it and you've got to be consistent. We have a team now that's running them all day and constantly finding new um, new people to target, constantly changing in the ads, things like that, the images. So you can't just like throw it up and, and be cons- you know, and have it running for months with one thing. You've got to have one person or a team of people on it for it to work from what I've found. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it works really well. You know, we're, we're building a, a big list from that. You know, our list is probably more than doubled this year just in doing Facebook ads. And it's essentially running everything in my business from one webinar is paying for, I don't know, 20 people. Um, and it's, it's building my business and my brand on top of it. So not only is it bringing in an income every single day, it's generating more leads to promote other products uh, that I have. It's also my face is everywhere, which is great brand recognition and building uh, because you never know when someone's going to buy. They may see a Facebook ad for a year, never buy that product, but then my book comes out and they're like, oh, let me go buy this or another course or something that they they, they feel connects better to them. Okay. Um, so for me, it gives me that as well. And um, you know, it's building my following. Obviously, my Facebook page is growing because of it and I'm able to drive more traffic to my site 
because I have a bigger audience and reach now. So there's just so many great benefits to it. That's great. And just so our audience knows, what uh, software are you, are you using for the automated webinars? I use Stealth Seminar, and, and yeah, so they'll run multiple times with Stealth Seminar. I think it's like 50 bucks a month or something like that. It's great. Awesome. Nice. Excellent. Um, so I'm going to, I want to reverse the question to you because, uh, I know you asked your, your interviewees this all the time on your podcast in, in your minds, what does greatness mean? You know, it, it changes all the time and, uh, it could be a different answer based on where we're at in our lives. But for me at this moment, greatness means discovering and maximizing our gifts, figuring out what they are and making the most of those gifts to make the biggest impact on the maximum number of people in the world. Nice. That's awesome. So what does that mean for you? What is, what is your unique gift and how do you maximize that on a daily basis? Right now, my unique gift is teaching people how to make a full-time living doing the things they love. I think I've become really good at that, showing people how to get creative with their dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what their dreams are or what the things they love doing the most, getting creative with it so they can make uh, make a living around it and make income and build a business around it or find a job that supports that. Because not everyone wants to run a business, but figuring out ways to make money, doing something you love, I feel like is the greatest gift that we can have and receive. Because what better way is there? To, I mean, I don't know a better way to live life when you're making money, making a full-time income, and you get to do everything you want to do every single day around that. I feel like that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And, have a, and have a good life. Be around people you love. Take care of your health. And, uh, I mean, there's not really much more to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's great. So I want to finish just kind of uh, talking about uh, one of the things in the book. So you have a whole chapter on practice, uh, practicing positive habits, which yeah. I think is huge, right? Because we are the, the result of our habits. Yes, so you have, I guess, a kind of a daily kind of morning routine. Um, do you want to describe what that is for, for our listeners? Yeah. And, just and why be, it's so powerful for you? Yeah. And just to be clear, you know, my intention is to follow my habits and my routines every day. But, you know, there are some days that I don't and I'm a human being. So, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. But when I am in that flow and I'm, and I'm doing those habits on a consistent basis, I notice and I see results coming much easier and much better and uh, my health is better and all these different things. So if you just want to be aware of it and really do them to the most you can. For me, the morning uh, starts with waking up in gratitude. I wake up with gratitude. I'll either express it to the first person I see or I'll write it down or I'll just take a mental note to myself and for a minute think about the things that I'm grateful for and appreciate another day because I have another day to live and that's a gift. So I look at that and I think about that in the morning. Then I do a about a 12 to 13 minute guided meditation, usually every morning and every night where I'll just lay there in bed, listen to this and wake up to it and visualize what I want to create for that day. Again, vision is one of the most powerful things we can have. Without a vision, we're just wandering around aimlessly trying to just react to life, what throws at us. Mm-hmm. So I try to really set clear what I'm going to create that day, commit, you know, re- recommit to who I am, my beliefs, my vision, what I want in the world. And, um, and I feel like that sets me up to win for the day. From there, I go and usually do some type of a workout. And this depends on the season of my, my life, what I'm doing, but I'll do something where I'm sweating and feeling 
at some type of physical pain. I feel like the more pain my body and mind can experience, the greater that I can take on adversity and be able to handle it with ease. And so I train myself as often as possible to experience pain. That could be literally just running a mile and doing it to the point where my lungs hurt. It doesn't have to be killing myself every single day, but doing something that's uncomfortable every single day. Nice. Physically, I like to do so that my mind can be trained to take on that type of challenge. From that, I'll come back and do a little bit of light stretching, um, shower, clean. I always make my bed. That's an important thing for me. Because, <laughs> so overlooked, eh? It's so important. Yeah. I mean, for years, I didn't until a couple of years ago. Um, I started really... I listened to some Navy SEAL talk about the importance of it and what it actually does for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm actually going to try this. And I've seen the results of it. It's, you know, I never did this as a kid, even though my mom always told me to make my bed. I never did it. And now finally, as a, you know, a 32 year old man, I'm, I'm making my bed. So, um, <clears throat> but it's really powerful to clear the space, the, the space in your, where you sleep. You know, we spend a third of our life in bed in the bedroom. So, it's important in my mind to have it clear and nice looking and clean so that when you go back in there, you're not just like going into a messy space to sleep and dream. You're going into a clean, clear space. I think that's very important. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, I have a, you know, a green smoothie uh, or a superfood smoothie and some breakfast, kind of depending what I'm doing with my workouts. And then I start the day. It's great, man. That's awesome. There's Thanks. A, a greatness routine. There you go. Well, Lewis, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to join us on the on the podcast here. So, again, for all of you listening, the book is The School of Greatness, A Real-World Guide to Living Bigger, Loving Deeper, and Leaving a Legacy. I've almost finished reading it. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's kind of like, what, 10, 15, 20 years of your life condensed into... That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of a book, right? It's like, why, yeah. why reinvent the wheel? If, if you can just get everything in a book, it's such an amazing uh, medium to share knowledge and wisdom. So Exactly. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for writing this. It's tremendous. I highly recommend you guys grab a, um, grab a copy of it. You can grab it on Amazon or pretty much any bookstore. And yep. we'll have a link to it from the blog as well on, the, uh, on this episode's show notes over at smartermarketerproject.com. So, Lewis, thanks so much, buddy. Any kind of final words of wisdom before we finish off today? <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it, Gary. And uh, my final words of wisdom is, I would say, uh, continue to listen to this podcast because the greatest gift you can give yourself is education and growth. And if you're not growing on a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis, then you're slowly dying in my mind. So continue to listen to your podcast, continue to take on the wisdom and try new things and challenge yourself on a daily basis to grow a little bit every single day. And that's living a great life. So there you have it from the man himself, Lewis Howes, New York Times bestselling author, all around amazing guy, and one of the most influential people in our world today. If you want to follow him on Instagram, just search at Lewis Howes. If you're on Twitter, same idea. On Facebook, you know the drill. So once again, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Got some great stuff coming your way. We've got uh, Mr. Todd Herman from the 90 Day Year coming up on the show. We've got Emily Rosen from the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. We've got, who else? we got some Kevin Rogers action. we got some really great people coming up on the show. So do not go anywhere. Stay here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, baby. 
We've got solo rounds. We've got our result coaches between the ear sessions on Wednesdays usually. We've got the interviews coming your way on Friday. And hey, we're here to serve you. We're here to help you take your business to the next level, to take your expertise and really impact more people. So if you've enjoyed this one, uh, remember, if, uh, if you haven't yet done so, then uh, check out the free training over at healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training. And let me walk you through our seven-figure health business blueprint. It's our four-step business model to help you attract your best clients on autopilot, like clockwork, pretty much on demand. And if that's something you're interested in, to really attract the best, highest paying clients, to really serve them at a very high level, then I'm gonna show you exactly how to do so. And that's exactly what you'll discover in that 70 minute online training. It's 100% free. Again, it's over at healthpreneurgroup.com forward slash training. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Continue to get out there, be great, do great. And I'll see you in our next episode.